Okay, hello. And today we're going to be talking about how do we begin planning the return to work. We've got Lorna and Joe and me, Joe Moffat, here today. Um, so, first of all, what are we seeing any preparation beginning in, in your view, ladies? Absolutely. I think, oh, we're both going for it here. <laughs> yes, we, uh, we've seen um, the CIPD have put out some um, advice, a big sort of uh, uh, a comprehensive uh, amount of advice and we're starting to see people talking about it for sure that's 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 from my perspective Lorna I think um, I think the CIPD stuff is excellent actually and I'm, um, I think it is really comprehensive it covers things from lots of different angles um, and I think businesses are just starting to um, to wrap their heads around this mm -hmm. um, and I think the question is what do we mean by return to work because of course we've been working you know unless sure. we've been furloughed um, I think the question is well, what is it we're going to do and I think wrapping their head around that is where the um, the thought is at the moment. Mm. I saw some I saw some stats yesterday which were quite interesting which said that um, of only just over 10% have got an absolute concrete plan as to what this is going to look like and how it's going to mm. happen. 56% mm. have got kind of loose sort of structure uh, around what it might look like and 34% um, are just beginning to start thinking about it so people are in a very lots of different places on that you know on that sort of um range aren't they really so um we were talking joe you said you've been having some flash forwards rather than flashbacks in your in your brain this week so i'm going to start off with you what what have you got any thoughts about what the future world of work after lockdown uh, lockdown after lockdown looks like um yeah i mean <laughs> laughing at i flash forwards uh, it was just my way of talking about a flashback apart from it's about the future uh i just that you know it's sort of six weeks in and I'm in a fairly privileged position in terms of my situation and and the first couple of weeks was quite scary you know for everybody and then things sort of settled down and now I'm starting to have these moments of worry about what's coming you know what's when how long is it going to go on for what happens at the end of it how does it all sort of go from there and I'm not you know responsible for hundreds of employees and needing to think about you know how to get the business going again and bringing people back to work and ending the furlough and all of that sort of stuff. So, you know, I can, I just can't even imagine how people are currently feeling in situations where they're HR and leaders in organizations and thinking about the future. Cause again, we haven't even got a, a beginning for the future. So we're, we're sort of speculating on when we need to start doing these things or what we need to do and when anyway. So that yeah, was more difficult. There was some stuff wasn't there in the, in the press this week, Donna, about, I think Barclays were talking about their, mm -hmm scoping out what the future might look like and um you know what where where that might go for massive head office organizations and structures it's interesting isn't it it's really forced us to look at what we think about as um as the as work as the work environment as how work gets done lots of myths have been busted over the past five or six weeks in terms of um what working from home could look like and what it means for productivity and um and output and trust Mm -hmm. I think people have rediscovered, you know, what um, a little bit of employee trust can do. Yeah. And um, I think it's it's not an either or, is it? It's not we're all back in the office or we're all working from home. Mm. It's really forcing organisations to look at what do we mean by flexible working? And flexible working is really um, being able to work how and where and when 
um, works best for you to get the best out mm. of you. And I think that's what was really interesting about the Barclays and WPP examples. And I know WPP um, and Barclays do do quite a lot of flexible working, mm. but I think it's just really pushed the envelope. There are people who've taken, you know, put their call center teams um, working remotely now. And I've done yeah. some work in the past with businesses who wanted to have call center teams working remotely. And I've done some work with these businesses where they were just adamant that would never work. Mm. And we're now seeing lots of opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? This, we've, yeah, we've spent the last X number of years closing down regional offices, closing down branch structures, closing down the dispersed workforces in small groups, pushing everyone into these sort of super centres, massive, massive head office complexes, and now we're kind of almost reverting back to a post, um, mm -hmm. going up further than pre-lockdown and going going even further back. But so as we begin planning. Um, what, what advice would you have for, for people as they're starting, whether they're leaders, HR, comms people? What are the kind of key things we need to take into account as we start thinking about what this future, which we don't know when it will be, um, ought to look like? I think the primary thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Jane. <laughs> oh, you don't know. You primary go. Too, which has obviously got the same thought in our head at the same time. Um, this is a change project. This is a big change project. This isn't just um, undoing stuff that, you know, we've done over the past five or six weeks. This is rebuilding how we want work and organisations to be. Mm -hmm. And so treating it as such, including maybe having um, an executive sponsor who uh, drives it and holds people to account is um is probably the place you might want to start mm -hmm. okay joe what were you going to say uh, just with a really strong emphasis on on individual uh involvement you know we talk about employee voice within the engaged success movement and this is a, a real uh, moment where that that is absolutely necessary because as you said you know the way that we've worked has changed over the years and we've put people into particular structures. We've done a lot with open plan offices thinking that was going to help our productivity and in lots of cases it hasn't and lots of people don't like it. Mm. Now we've had people working from home and demonstrating, as you said, Lorna, whether they can be productive and, you know, that they can get the same work done or albeit within the sort of constraints of being in, you know, quite a scary place at the moment, I guess. Um, and, so can you know, I just you've got people... Yeah. Sorry, can I just when we're listening to employee voice in this kind of situation, is this is this asking in kind of broad, broad sweet pulse type things, you know, how do you want your future world to look like? Or is it is it one to one conversations? Is this is this going down to sort of local team level? What how mm. how's this best approached, would you say? Jane? I think it's got to be it's got to be a, a combination of all of it really, because people have different perspectives for different reasons at different times around different processes if you like uh, you know the the fundamental one-to-one -one level we've got people i was just saying about my husband he's been working from home for six weeks he could work from home he's it it seems to be working well he hates it he wants to go back to the office he's wanted to go back to the office every day since he's been at home maybe I that's something think, maybe that's saying something about well no let's about me <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but actually you know i personally think he's much more relaxed and he's actually um benefited from being at home but he wants to be in the office so mm -hmm. you know he he would have a different view if if it was me because i love working from home if it was me i wouldn't be wanting to go back in the office i'd be wanting to carry on working from home and if we were doing the same job we could both do that job from those two different places it's perfectly possible we've proved it so uh you know i think it's got to be 
about the business processes and what's needed for customers and for uh, you know ease of getting things done but actually individual needs need to come in we've talked about flexible working for years and people have always thought it was about if you've got children uh, mm. and you know people would say oh it's about having you know elderly parents you want to care for and there were other things that started to come in but actually nobody really I mean I, was, I saw a headline yesterday about you know will um uh shared parental leave ever work and i think now all of the stuff around flexibility the whole piece there's an opportunity to really look at all of that mm -hmm. but you've got to talk to individuals because it's different yeah. for everyone as we so, know yeah. so you were suggesting lorna a worthwhile you know, must treat this as a as a major change project i mean clearly it's yeah. it's much bigger almost isn't it than the one we did a few weeks ago when we introduced lockdown i mean it's it's it's, just, so it's massive so an executive yeah. sponsor listening to employee voice, treating people as individuals. What, what else would you add to that, Lorna? So I think to build off of Joe's point, um, inclusion and involvement in, in this is, is really key. Mm -hmm. um, one approach that actually I think could work quite well is appreciative inquiry, which is where you go out and you say what works, what's you know what's good what do we want to hang on to what do we want to build on and um, because it focuses people to look at what they do want and um, and go from there and the it's positive, a really inclusive yeah. approach and it can work in one-to-ones it can work in groups it's you know really um really flexible mm -hmm. i think the other thing is that bear in mind that there are going to be lots of groups in the organization who are going to have a stake in this the probably the primary group where you were probably thinking about starting is up health and health and safety mm -hmm. particularly if you're not in a, uh, a white collar environment if yeah. you've got a lot of blue collar employees and you're trying to figure out how do we get social distancing to work while getting the shop floor back up and running um health and safety and OC, OC health will be at the core of that and um hr internal communications operations all of those teams have to really work so well together which is why i think it is a change project mm -hmm. um and i think um you know doing that pulling them together, listening to employees from the ground, really gathering their feedback and remembering that that communication is two way. It's a loop. It's a continuous loop. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And let's not forget that in the first instance, we've got people who have got some real sort of mental health issues around what's happened. The fact that they've been sort of kept at home, even though they didn't want to be in lots of cases, some people will have had deaths in their family and you know, all of that stuff will be happening right at the mm -hmm. beginning as well. So it's not as simple as, you know, change programs where we say we're going to move from here to here and oh, clearly they're not simple, but mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it, we've got all the additional sort of emotional stuff yeah. that's getting complexities and, and, around it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and, and as you say, individualities, you know, people who might not be able to go back to work because they're shielding vulnerable people in their household yeah. or whatever that might be. So, yeah, I think yeah, everyone is bringing, and if there's one thing that we can take out of the past six weeks, I would hope that it's organisations are recognising, you know, that we are human at heart and we feel all those emotions and we've got all those needs and we are all of these multifaceted roles that we play and they all come to bear um, in the workplace and <clears throat> just pretending that's not the case because lockdown might be dialing down a little bit would be a real lost opportunity. So I completely agree, Joe, which is mm. why that inclusion and involvement piece is so important because I might be grieving, um, you might be desperate to get back and you know raring to go. Um, you don't know until you listen to people. And I think the other thing, it really struck me when I was speaking to um, a guy that I, I think you and I both know, um, Joe, uh, Ian Eiston, who's doing his um, yeah. um, doctorate on neurodiversity in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And I think if you think about inclusion, you know, I'm seeing lots of statistics that are saying lots of disabled groups um, are saying 
finally you're figuring out that we can do this work yes. and we don't have mm. to be physically in yeah. a workplace doing it that's so interesting you've got yeah. such an opportunity for your your true diversity and inclusion mm. agenda to kick off here mm. so let's look at this as a big it is a massive opportunity to shape the world of work to how we want it to be and that works for everybody mm-hmm. i think that's yeah lovely thank you ladies that's been great thank you very much thank you